Lord, as we come before you this morning, um, may we have ears to hear your word. Um, may you speak in this place. Allow your uh, grace and presence to be among us and allow us to, uh, to be rooted in the moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, so we was gonna, I was going to show a video this morning. Um, we're running a little short on time, but uh, I'll post it online uh, if you're interested in watching it, because it really is a, a really interesting piece uh, that has to do with today's sermon about uh, planting things and, and growing things. And it kind of reminds me of the work we're doing with our community garden here. But as we start this morning, I want you to hold a question in your mind. Uh, maybe as you go throughout your day today, you can keep thinking of this. Um, and the question is, what is your dream for our world? What is your dream for our world? When you really think about how you would like to see our community, our country, our, our earth globally, what is your dream, maybe within your lifetime or your kid's lifetime or your grandkid's lifetime? Um, just be thinking of that, because I think a good way to understand the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. How, how many people have heard those Bible terms, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven? Most of us have heard that, that term. And I think a good way to think about that is to think in terms of them being God's dream for our world, God's dream for God's people, the created universe, and all things. Um, as Paul would say, the reconciliation of all things. Uh, as I was, I was reading different things this week, I came across this. Uh, South African pastor, uh, Bishop uh, Stor uh, Peter Story, said this. I think this is interesting. American Christians have a task more difficult, perhaps, than those faced by us under South Africa's apartheid or Christians under communism. We had obvious evils to engage. You have to unwrap your culture from years of red, white, and blue myth. You have to expose and confront the great disconnection between kindness, compassion, and the caring hearts of most American people and the ruthless way American power is experienced both directly and indirectly by the poor of the earth. You have to help good people see how, how they have let their institutions do their sinning for them. It is not easy among people who really believe that their country does nothing but good, but it is necessary not only for their future, but for us all. And um, uh, I'm actually not sure when he said that. It might be more obvious now <laughs> to point out the, the, uh, the ills of our, of our country, but I think there's a truth embedded in that, and I think that's one it's kind of difficult for us as Christians to, to often grapple with, because generally we, we read the Bible and we see, we see the Pharisees as other people. We, see our, we implant ourselves as the good ones in every story. I do the same thing, too. Uh, but when we really read the scripture, uh, it helps to have it read us a little bit. And this morning we're going to be diving into Jesus uh, giving a parable, and what parables do, they're stories that hopefully uh, provoke us. They, they stir some sort of surprise within us and provoke us to, to action. And um, that's, that's my challenge, I guess, this morning before uh, we read. And uh, my prayer would be that um, we put ourselves in the story and that uh, we have ears to hear. So Matthew 13 is where we're going to start off today in verse 1. And it goes a little something like this. That same day, Jesus left the house and went to sit by the sea. Large crowds gathered around him, and he got into a boat, a boat on the sea, and he sat there. The crowd stood on the shore, 
waiting for his teaching. And so Jesus began to teach. On this day, he spoke in parables. Here's the first parable. Jesus said, Once there was a sower who scattered seeds. One day he walked in a field, scattering seeds as he went. Some seeds fell beside the road, and a flock of birds came and ate all those seeds. So the sower scattered seeds in a field, one with shallow soil and strewn with rocks. But the seeds quickly grew amid the, all the rocks without rooting themselves in the shallow soil. The roots got tangled in all of the stones. The sun scorched these seeds, and they died. And so the sower scattered seeds near a path, this one covered with thorny vines. The seeds fared no better there. The thorns choked them, and they died. And so finally the sower scattered his seeds in a patch of good earth. At home in the good earth, the seeds grew and grew, and eventually the seeds bore fruit. And the fruit grew ripe and was harvested, and the harvest was immense. 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then we're going to skip to verse 18. The lectionary skips this uh, passage from like 10 to 17. So we'll, we'll go to 18. This is what the parable of the sower means. It is the kingdom of heaven. When someone hears the story of the kingdom and cannot understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away whatever goodness and holiness has been sown in the heart. This is like the seeds being sown beside the road. You know, people who hear the word of God and receive it joyfully, but then somehow the word fails to take root in their hearts. It is temporary. As soon as there is trouble for those people, they, they trip. Those people are the seeds strewn on rocky soil. And you know people who hear the word, but it is choked inside them because they constantly worry and prefer the wealth and pleasures of the world. They prefer drunken dinner parties to prayer and power to piety and riches to righteousness. Those people are like seeds sown among thorns. The people who hear the word and receive it and grow in it, those are like the seeds sown on good soil. They produce a crop 30, 60, or 100 times what is sown. So I want to set a little bit of the context here. Uh, Jesus in Matthew is, is usually presented as, uh, as a teacher. He's, he's at this point in the Gospel of Matthew. If you're somewhat familiar with it, he's already uh, preached the Sermon on the Mount, and he's already, he's already garnered somewhat of a following at this point. Uh, he's had some run-ins with religious officials, and so you have a lot of people at this point who like him and a fair amount who don't really care for him all that much. And so at the beginning of this passage, uh, Matthew kind of sets up the story, and he says, Jesus leaves the house. He goes down to the sea, and you know, there's a bunch of people there. Um, and he gets in a boat. He uses this boat as kind of like his his pulpit, amphitheater sort of thing, and he begins, he begins to do uh, this teaching. Um, when I was a kid, I really didn't like doing yard work. My dad, anytime I wasn't playing, Philip knows what I'm talking about. Actually, Philip, you know, you know, speaking of like weeds and like gardening, you're uh, amazing at gardening and pulling weeds. If anybody's ever seen Philip uh, on one of our work days, he is always the one like chopping the weeds that almost nobody would even think to cut down. And I really appreciate that about you. Yeah. Yeah, but so I didn't really like doing this yard work that my, uh, anytime I was, uh, didn't have to play baseball, I was always out uh, doing, um, doing the yard work as a kid. And so when it, something comes up, you know, I grew up in Texas, but I didn't grow up in a farm. I didn't even, I you know, didn't even know anybody with a farm. But I, you know, grew up, you know, mowing the lawn like most, kids are forced to do and weed eating along the side of uh, the driveway and all of that sort of good stuff. 
Um, but Jesus has, uh, his audience, he uses a lot of times agrarian and agriculturally based uh, analogies and stories because this is the language of the people, right? This is what they would have understood uh, their world. That's why I talk about Netflix most of the time, you know, because hopefully most of you have Netflix subscriptions and you can kind of understand that. So, you know, when Jesus is talking in agrarian agricultural terms, um, he's not just being really weird. This is like obviously the world uh, that he lives in. Um, so when I was in this week, uh, I want to focus actually on this verse here. Uh, verse 9, if you have your bulletin, or I don't think I have it up on the thing today, but verse 9, uh, she who has ears to hear, let her hear, or he who has ears to hear, uh, let her hear. Uh, those to ha that have ears to hear, let them hear. Um, has anybody ever had like a parent or a teacher, and they're like, uh, I don't know if you're, what is it, I don't know if you're listening, to, if you, you might be able to hear me, but I, don't, I know you're not listening, or, you know, it's like, or I heard you, mom, and she's like, no, you, I mean, you heard me, but are you really listening, you know, um, and I think this is kind of our call today, right, whatever is going on in our culture, our world, uh, the kingdom of heaven, God's dream for reality that we are currently living in, like, we are living in time, we're all here together, this moment right here, in the kingdom of heaven that is here, both here and yet to come, bringing that reconciliation to our world. That's, that's you guys. That's us together. And Jesus says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So maybe not only hear this morning, but maybe, maybe listen. Um, I found it, Sochi was with me this week in Indianapolis, and I thought it was really fascinating that uh, one night they, they bring out all of the uh, missionaries and international ministers and pastors representing these different countries. And I, I, one of the most shocking moments, it, like gave me a pit in my stomach, still does, uh, was when they announced uh, several people that couldn't be there because of the travel ban. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is affecting, you know, just really basic, uh, you know, people that love God and love their communities and are, you know, coming over to, uh, you know, impart their ministry and their wisdom and their experience to the, you know, collective diversity of God's people that gathered at this event, um, you know, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't make it there. And I was like, oh, man, I just thought, let those who have ears to hear, let them, let them hear. Um, and, you know, we have this week, I saw this um, uh, clip from uh, one of our um, politicians, we go unnamed, um, and, you know, this continual effort in the newest iteration of uh, what William Barber, uh, who was at the Disciples uh, Conference this week, calls the death bill. Uh, <laughs> you know, this new iteration of the death bill, uh, in order, that's going to, its goal is to, you know, transfer wealth from the, the poorest uh, working class American people uh, to, to the wealthiest few, and all the while disenfranchising uh, those most vulnerable, uh, those that are elderly, um, those that are uh, poor and working families, uh, and just perpetuating the, the narrative that is just, it's just not true, and I can't help but think, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, I also saw this week an interesting article, maybe some of you read it in the New York Magazine, and it's a really long article, and it goes all into, you know, various things on climate change, but Something that, that's just basic that stood out to me um, was there was uh, recently satellite data that uh, showed global warming since 1998 is about twice, is warming at about two times the rate that scientists 
had uh, initially thought. And, and then maybe you saw the, uh, the iceberg that broke away uh, in Antarctica this week. And uh, when that New York Magazine article was written, and that was only like, I think at the beginning of the week, that it had still had three miles to break off before it broke, and it broke three miles in, in one week. It's pretty, pretty insane. Um, so, oh, there was also uh, something that I read this week um, talking about how the, um, the National Oceanic Atmosphere Administration, the NOAA, um, they, they erased any reference to human activity uh, or fossil fuels in their report. First time that I had happened. And I just couldn't help but think, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, you know, when the private prison system is revitalized by those in positions of power in government, um, the private prison stocks are, are doing really well right now, uh, who financially benefit. We, we talked about this on the, the night we did the 13th. They financially benefit from imprisoning sisters and brothers that, that live amongst us. Uh, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. I mean, you guys, you guys obviously get this. Uh, but the good news of the gospel, the good news of this parable, um, the good news that Jesus brings not only to the, those gathered on the shore, but as disciples, uh, the message that he gives to us today, is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is rooted in love. Uh, plain and simple. It's, I think sometimes we overcomplicate um, things, and it's really easy to get uh, academic, but the, the gospel, the good news, is rooted in God's love for all people. Uh, I mentioned earlier that parables provoke us into action. They, they stir something within us that says, you know, things, are, I get it, but things are not right, and maybe I should go and get involved and do something. Uh, transformational prophetic action is what we're called into. This is what parables do. They provoke us. If we have ears to hear, if we're really listening, then they provoke us into action. If you notice in the, in the story, and maybe you can go back and read it later, because it's one that I think if you read it a few times, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of get this more and more. Uh, but the seed gets thrown everywhere. And some uh, notice, like, this would be kind of a careless, uh, careless sower. You know, somebody who's like kind of a foolish gardener. You wouldn't just like throw stuff like everywhere you walk. You're like, I don't know. Like when we plant stuff at the garden, like we, they, they told us, the Naturo Grow people, I didn't know what I was doing because you know, I'm a city guy. So, uh, you know, they told us, like, where, if you're planting carrots, you want to just, you want to put the seeds in really delicately, and then you want to just put a fine grade of, like, really healthy soil over the top. For other, for the beans, you want to just embed them, like, deep within the soil, put mulch on top. Uh, this is not what the sower does here. He's just, like, throwing stuff, you know, around. doesn't even make any sense. Um, but I, I, I love this picture that the gospel, the good news casts a wide net, right? It's just thrown Every, like God's word and good news goes out to everything, to everyone, everywhere. Um, I, I came across this quote uh, from actually the, uh, the uh, group that uh, did the video earlier today, uh, or that I was going to show earlier. Um, and this is the, um, the leader of this organization that started this garden or this farm. It's like a huge 21-acre thing now. And he says, uh, good soil is impossible to sustain all the time. Fertile ground is not the gift of perfection, but the product of relationship with the elements around it, adverse and advantageous. Various kinds of soils, stages of soil cultivation are necessary for planting and harvesting later. Forcing growth and productivity all the time is basically impossible, as the soil must lay fallow for a period of time in order to rejuvenate, and rocks help in that rest. Thorns and weeds are a reminder that we constantly um, 
we constantly tend to the soil, uh, pull up unwanted plants that are sometimes at risk of pulling out desirable uh, good plants, something that Jesus seems to hint at uh, earlier in Matthew. And I thought this was a really great um, insight that, um, you know, good soil is, is impossible to sustain all the time. And I think sometimes we, we can understand that as, as people who, who are listening and receive the word, uh, that sometimes we feel like we have weeds growing all around us, that, you, you know, at any minute we're uh, at risk of being completely overwhelmed with what's going on around us. And if we put ourselves in the parable and as those who have received God's grace and love and mercy into our lives, that experience that like with our brothers and sisters, even still like receiving that, sometimes the world overwhelms us. There are thorns in our lives. There are weeds that surround us. And sometimes we can't see out of it. But the good news is that not only does the seed go everywhere, but at the end of the story, the good news wins. The, the crop goes 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, that even when life seems to overwhelm us, even when the good news comes in and the weeds grow up around us, that God's reality, God's dream for our lives and for the life of our universe um, is, is what happens. It, it is how the story ends, and we can take hope in that message of good news that no matter what we face in life, uh, God's harvest um, God's harvest will be there. And this is the, what we get to partake in as brothers and sisters in Christ. This is our vision for the Garden at Mission Hills when our world and economy screams that, uh, you know, if you uh, work hard, you know, you get a lot of money. And if you can't find a job, then too bad. Our economy and our world speak this message to us all the time. We create spaces of inclusion at Mission Hills. We create gardens that will hopefully grow and send the message that there's enough for everyone, that God's abundance, God's seed goes out to everyone. It doesn't matter where you're from, how much money you have, uh, what the color of your skin is. Uh, our diversity in God, uh, our diversity in love is found in God, and that love is for everyone. And we hopefully uh, communicate that with our spaces. And that work is your work, and hopefully uh, we are provoked into action. This is the good news that Jesus promises 30, 60, 100 times way beyond anything that maybe an ordinary farmer or garden, gardener would expect. This is God's dream, dream for the world that we might hear the words of Jesus' grace and hope and love, and that, we could be, that that message could be rooted in our hearts and go out to the hearts and lives of all people to continue reconciling the world and bringing God's dream for our creation uh, and making that dream a reality. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you um, continually uh, sow seed in our lives, our hearts, um, even when uh, we, might be, uh, <laughs> we might just be uh, infertile ground, we might just be um, living in the gravel, or maybe we're living in the weeds, but you're still sowing seed all around us because you believe in us, you love us, your, your dream for our lives and the lives of those in our community is that we would produce a crop of 30, 60, and 100 times. Beyond anything we could imagine, beyond anything that we could expect, may your good news go out 
within us. May it be rooted deep within. May we then take that love and do the reconciling work that brings wholeness, justice, justice, and peace into your world. In Jesus' name. grace you came and broke them down broke them down there were chains around us by your grace we are no longer bound no longer bound you call me out of the grave you call me into the light you call my name and then my heart came alive your love is greater your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Feel the darkness shaking, all the dead are coming back to life, back to life. Hear the song awaken, all creation singing, we're alive, cause you're alive. You call me out of the grave, you call me into the light, you call my name and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. And what a love we found, death can't hold us down. We'll shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. What a love we found, death can't hold us down. We'll shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. What a love we found, death can't hold us down. We'll shout it out, we're alive, cause you're alive. You're is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Amen.